welcome to day 16 of 30 days of positivity this is christy with the spiritual travels of the firewolf podcast and i am re-recording this episode because i want to kind of bounce back from yesterday i was very much in a moment when i recorded the podcast yesterday and trying to find the positive in the fact that, you know, I was in real time. I went and added an intro to day 15 just to kind of be like, this is, you know, I came off a real work shift. I was really waiting to get on stage and I, you know, there are times when you're just like everything in comedy, like you go through the sacrifice, you go through the stuff and it's like, why am I doing this? And it was very much, um, a moment of just observing America and, you know, it's been interesting driving for Uber Eats, you know, before, during, and now, I don't even know if this is mid-pandemic in certain circumstances or in shift, you know, 247 of the pandemic or whatever, however, you know, 2000, but it's just an interesting time to see the world change and to be in a place yesterday like Hutto, Texas and then to to be hustling out in the middle of Hutto, Texas. If you've never been to Texas, it's like you are in the heart of Texas and I've been in the heart of Texas for the last back and forth between Conroe, uh, I almost said Cornell, that's the next town I'm going to. Um, just all <laughs> Comanche, Comanche, Texas, and then going out to places like Hutto and Temple and kind of getting out of the middle of the heart of Austin. And when you're out in Texas, Texas, and you've been driving for several hours and somebody gives you a $1 tip, it just kind of sets your brain into like, why am I sacrificing? all of this still um and you want to go like knock on their door and be like do you even know like how this like it's just those kinds of things where you're like how do I find positivity in these moments and the positivity took a while to get to but I think it's that at the end of the day things do work out the hustle is real And, um, um, can't stop, won't stop. That's how I view it. But I picked some cards before I re-recorded this episode today. Um, just because I wanted to have a spread out on the table. And then I picked one more card just now. But I picked cards, I didn't analyze them. I just put them out. I picked five cards. And, um, I want to kind of look at them to kind of decipher what they could mean. So the first card that I picked was the Hierophant, the Ten of Pentacles, the Two of Swords, the King of Swords, and the Magician. So if I were to look at this spread just kind of from a general perspective, like if we were going into a reading, I would say there's a lot of influence of earth and air, air. 
Um, although the magician is kind of all elements in ether, which is interesting because there's five cards out on the table. But um, earth I have at the top, air I have on at the bottom, and then I have the magician that's kind of as an emphasizer card. Um, and as these four cards are out on the table, the way I kind of look at them is, um, you know, the Hierophant is ruled by the sign of Taurus, the Magician is ruled by the sign of Gemini, although you could kind of argue that it's kind of all of the signs since the Magician is the first card of the tarot deck. And the Ten of Pentacles is about familial or traditional energy as well. So next to the Hierophant is about tradition. It is about embracing tradition and the journey of the tradition. In this particular deck, with which is Kim Walderer's deck, um, she has depicted the moon behind um, Juno, which is quote-unquote the good wife. And having this next to the Ten of Pentacles, I think, is interesting as well because it is about kind of the traditional family unit. Um, then we have the Two of Swords underneath these cards. So I do think there's, I always view and rule or read the Two of Swords as a crossroads energy. Now, because I am a lunar, generally based reader, I usually view Two of Swords as pockets of time. That is the way I personally have always come across these cards. It does not mean that this is how these cards are fully read, but going into the King of Swords, I do view this as an increment of time. So for me, if I were to pick the Two of Swords, I'm going to read it a very different way than any other reader would be viewing this. I always view these cards as eclipse schedule cycles. So then if I were reading this for this year, um, for a reading for 2022, I would just go back into the ephemeris. You can get your personal ephemeris on any general astrology website. I think for anybody that's new to astrology, cafeastrology.com, you just put in cafeastrology.com and astrological transits. And you put in the year and it gives you a list as opposed to like a traditional ephemeris read, which can, which can be kind of daunting to read. And it just gives you the main planets with a couple of asteroids to follow. But one of the things that this particular ephemeris will do is have the time listed. This one's in Eastern Standard Time. And in this particular case, um, it has the degree at which that lunar cycle is per month. Now, this table also lists the eclipse cycles. It also lists when the north and south nodes have entered Taurus and Scorpio as well. So in this particular uh, aspect, this is going to be something that I view as an eclipse cycle. We had spring eclipses, so this could be pointing towards you know, the solar eclipses in April and May, or it could be pointing towards uh, the fall as well. 
I do find it interesting, you know, I have been writing about on my Patreon the upcoming Mars retrograde that will be in the sign of, of Gemini. That will be happening in October, but we're going to kick that date off in August because early August, or excuse me, mid-August is going to be when Mars enters the sign of Gemini. And because this is um, this planet will be going retrograde, pretty early in the degree of Gemini. It'll be like 8 to, I think like 20, is it 23? I think it's 23 degrees of Gemini. Uh, whenever Mars enters, it's going to be 25 degrees of Gemini on October 30th. Um, whenever Mars enters Gemini, we're kind of going to get that glimpse of not only Mars retrograde, but eclipse season. And I think it is very interesting because I think the back end of this year does reflect a lot of emphasis on things that we were working on in 2020 because there was a Venus retrograde pretty much within the same degrees, um, also squaring Neptune uh, in the sign of Gemini. And the important part of this all this is communication and clear communication. You know, a huge reason why um, I, I think these cards are out is truly about communication and finding processes away from tradition. That's how I'm going to view this. Now... Over, let me just pull one card over. Wow, Six of Swords. So yeah, we're moving away from tradition here. Now that means that what I feel there's some homework assignments coming through for the collective. And I don't know why I felt the need to pull these cards. I just... Based on my observations yesterday, going out just into Hutto, Texas and seeing the signs that I saw posted, I was just like, I need to figure out, you know, what's the bigger, what's the larger, what's lesson here? What's the grander scale lesson here? And to me, the grander scale lesson is this is not just, you know, isolated to this particular town or community. This is a nationwide and global thing that needs kind of to be discussed and whether it's salary and family traditions regarding salary and self-worth and people really standing up for their values. This is something that can't be avoided. It's just that I'm, you know, out there on the road and I'm seeing different cities and towns in a different way. And this has nothing to do with whether you know, I'm, I'm tied to this or not. It's simply just kind of being a student of the road and, and, and being able to say that, like, I've lived in all these different cities and places and traveled to all these places. And that's literally my job. So yesterday it was just so eye opening to me to be going from, you know, restaurant to restaurant to, 
to food establishment to food establishment to comedy venue and see pretty much all the same now hiring signs within that general pocket of everywhere from, you know, North Austin to Mid-Austin and now South Austin to, you know, Hill Country, Texas, and even now out in both West Texas and East Texas and seeing the same patterning. And, you know, I have driven to both coasts at this point and seeing the same patterning. And it's just like, well, this is a crisis of, there's a food crisis that at least I'm observing. Um, And traditional farming methods are kind of at at a crossroads so how do I help I'm not a farmer I grew up around farms I mean I grew up on a horse farm but I didn't plant plants um I you know I tried when I had my little house out in 29 palms to have an an herb garden but you know I was in the desert um so I guess that's part of my mission I don't know I don't even know what to say as I as I prepare to leave and get on the road again because last night when I got on stage I was just like I've got to talk about this and I legit just went on stage and talked about what I saw and you know to a room of people that were just kind of staring at each other you know it was it's hard when generally I know how to crack this room um but I was like, I'm not going to do the old jokes that I do just to make these people laugh. I'm going to do these jokes based on what I just saw and based on what I'm seeing around the United States. I don't know what this means. And I honestly, the solution that I have was like, you know, things that I learned when I lived at Yashodra Ashram, which is greenhouse farming. Like, that's the only thing I can think of is like learning how to take care of the plants and the animals in a way that we have walked away from. I've lived in every major city from Washington DC to New York City to almost every borough of New York City to, to Los Angeles, California. And now as I prepare to leave, you know, a city that is probably Baltimore, Maryland sized Austin, Texas, but has expanded into traffic that has reminded me of like being on the 10 in Los Angeles and being like, I moved to this place thinking there would be less traffic and it's not true. It's the same. It's pretty much mini Los Angeles at this point. So The Ace of Cups is on the table, the King of Pentacles is on the table, and the Hanged Man, I guess. I think it's the Hanged Man. It's the Sacrifice card. I think the King of Pentacles is... Even though in this particular deck is very green energy, like a green man sort of energy... Seven of Pentacles is about planting, so I like the confirmation here. 
the sacrifice of a certain aspect of the dream that has fallen. I do love how Quan Yin is depicted because she is the goddess of compassion. And the Ace of Cups being the card of filling your cup, pure love. The fact that love never, there's the wellspring of love never ends. And in this particular deck, there is um, the sign of Venus on this card, but it's the masculine and the feminine combined with the triangle. Okay, let's do one more card. The Fool. Also the Goddess of Compassion, Tara. noticed a lot of people have been talking about how Chiron has been kind of fucking with them. So I do kind of feel like if you are looking into wounded healer aspects in your own chart and you are learning astrology to check the Chiron placement in your chart. Now, right now, Chiron is in Aries. So it is about wounded healing regarding authenticity, independence, and being a leader in your own right but in order to find that because the three of swords just popped on the table I know I said I'd pick one more card but then I ended up picking three more cards and I just heard Chiron every time I look at that card it's almost like a redo There's a lot coming to mind. I feel the energy of Libra. Let me look at the ephemeris and see what I, cause earlier today I was like reading a chart and it had nothing to do with Libra, but I'm guessing maybe if a, a Libra and now my refrigerator is making crazy noise. Uh, let's see. Libra, Libra. Let's see if I see any transits. There's not really any crazy transits. I mean, there's going to be a new moon in Libra and Le full moon in Libra, but that's earlier this year. There's not really any not-so-transits in Libra this year, I don't think. Unless it's just saying for Libra season, a lot of what I'm pulling for now is looking towards Libra season. I don't know. Put that in your back pocket for those who listen. This might be at the next um, equinox that I'm pulling some cards for having to make these type of decisions around then regarding employment and regarding workers rights and even even like family sort of movement as well so that's sort of a back pocket thing 
But thank you for listening to today's 30 Days of Positivity. You can find me on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. I'm on all the things. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Radio 1. Uh, You can find me on Patreon at Christy Bellage. And I'm still on the Instagram. Send me any questions at Trust Your Glitter. I'm also on TikTok at Trust Your Glitter. And thank you for tuning in today. Take care.